So great leadership is increasingly about great self-awareness. In this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast, I visit with Lolly Daskal, the author of The Leadership Gap, and we discuss the different archetypes, the different values that great leaders lead from, and how understanding their weaknesses in those values is actually the secret and the key to really living in their greatness. Uh, Check this episode out. Everybody leads. Everybody needs to listen to this one. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Lolly Daskal, a global leadership coach and business consultant and author of The Leadership Gap, What Gets Between You and Your Greatness. So Lolly, thanks for joining me. John, thanks for having me. I've been wanting to talk to you for a while, so I'm happy we're doing it now. Yeah, I, I, I've, I won't get into, I always hesitate getting into how long people have been doing things, but I've been doing this for a couple decades at least, and uh, you're somebody that uh, I've certainly bumped into over the years, But uh, so it's amazing we've never actually uh, chatted. Right, so I'm doing it for three decades, and I'm proud of it because <laughs> I feel like I've paid my dues. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to the, the, the title of your book, I always like to start with the obvious, you know, what is the gap? So the gap is between Sometimes, you know, this is interesting. So before I say what's be, what it is be in between, I want to talk about what most people think it might be. Right. So some people think that when you talk about the leadership gap, you talk about weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Most people only want to talk about their strengths. Many people just want to hide behind their weaknesses. And what I have done is I have un- unmasked, I have revealed all the dark secrets that you might have that might be leading you from your leadership gap. And I'm telling you in my book over and over again, leverage those parts that you're shameful of, that Mm. you don't like, and learn to leverage them in order to stand in your greatness. That is the most, I think that is the best message that you can take from this book. Well, and it runs a little counter to a thread that's out there and has been out there for years where, you know, people have kind of said, no, prop up your strengths and, you know, don't worry about your weaknesses so much. Everybody spends time on the weaknesses, but you ought to spend time on the stuff that's already working for you. Right. So in every chapter, I talk about one of my clients who ha- who was hiding because that exactly what you just said, which was so brilliant. Most of us read books and we have coaches and mentors that tell us go from your strengths. And leaders that I coach are like, these are my strengths. And then I tell story after story how they were blind to the weaknesses that they had. And I always tell my clients, what you don't own owns you. And you'll hear story after story how their weaknesses were showing and they didn't even know it. So, so there was a, a, a tremendous uh, que- uh, tweetable moment there. Uh, <laughs> what you don't own—that's brilliant. Um, does everyone? So, so I always, you know, a lot of people think of a leader as that. You know, that's the person that runs this company, or that's the person that is head of this department. But to a large degree, doesn't everyone lead? Absolutely. And I'm so happy that you said that because when people ask me, usually from stage and conferences and in workshops and one-on-one coaching, who is a leader? And I always say, 
if you are influencing someone, if you're impacting someone's life, you are a leader. It's a parent. It's the coach. It's someone that's important to you. It's someone who advises you. So it's not only the title or the position. If you are impacting someone and you're advising someone, you're making a difference in someone's life, you are a leader. So one of the things that I think, so so now we'll go to that person that, that is clearly has the title that people associate uh, with a leader. Um, is one of the issues that so many leaders get sort of forced out of their element because, hey, we were the, you were the best salesperson. Now we're going to make you the sales manager. Oh, I love that. Right. So now you have been promoted because your competence and your capabilities were so great. Now you can lead people. But that's not true. That's not what makes a great leader. It's not your capabilities or your competence that make you the kind of leader that people want to follow. It's a whole new set of skills. It's a whole new set of rules. And most people don't understand that. They usually promote those that do well. Maybe they're talented. But it's not your talents that get people to follow you. Yeah, I like to use the analogy. There are very few star baseball players that are managers. It's it's always the... um, backup catcher that just was, you know, really astute at the game, studied what everybody did, you know, learned how to get, you know, learned how to get along by sitting on the bench, you know, more than than out on the field. And I think that probably kind of equates to, you know, the the person that gets promoted, unfortunately, in some cases was the star, but certainly didn't have leader qualities. You said something so brilliant just now, and I want to talk about what you just said. You said it's the person that sat on the bench that got to know people. That's the leader. The best leaders are the ones that get to know others. It's not so much about their capabilities, but it's about investing in other people's success, getting to know them. And like you just talked about, it's a great analogy. Can I use it next time in a workshop? Certainly, certainly. I'm sure I didn't make it up. I'm just a big baseball fan. I just like it. I really like it. I like using sports metaphors. People really like them. That's right. So... I talk to a lot of business owners, a lot of listeners uh, to this show are certainly business owners. And I will tell you that that if I were sort of gut level data, I would tell you that that the biggest, hardest part about growing a business for most business owners is people. Having to like all of a sudden I was fine. You know, it was me and whoever started the business. We were great. We got under the hood. We made things happen. And then all of a sudden we grew and we had to start managing people that that. Now, somebody who started a business has to consider themselves a leader, and I think that's probably the hardest part of growing a business. Absolutely. Absolutely, because now it doesn't rely so much as what we said about your skills. Now you have to learn and expand and grow new set of skills that maybe nobody has ever taught you before. Mm-hmm. So you started hinting at this, um, and, and again, this is a little bit unfair because uh, you know you wrote a whole book about the, the, the various elements here, but are th- are there some there are there just a couple things that the best leaders do? I mean, you just see it time and time again. I think the best leaders lead from certain virtues. So most people think uh, this ha- not most every single person that I've ever coached, and that's thousands now over three decades, have always said to me, teach me the skills of leadership. And I always say, I'm not going to teach you skills. I'm going to teach you the virtues of leadership. Because if you can stand for something, people will follow you. If you stand for respect and loyalty and trust and confidence and courage and candor, 
then people will say, yes, that's something that I find compelling. I've never, ever heard in an organization, oh, wow, he was so good at reading the metrics and of dissecting the data. I've never heard that say, that's why I admire him. It's always like, did you see what he did? He stood up for us. He respected us. He's loyal to us. She spoke to us with truth and candor. Those are the things, those are the stories, those are the compelling um, attributes that leaders have that people want to follow and people want to emulate. Yeah, and I think a lot of times, uh, you know, every situation is different because in so many cases, you're going to manage the department or something. Well, you get handed this mixed bag of <laughs> individuals uh, that are there for different reasons and have different skills and have different personalities. And I think that it seems like the, the best leaders are those people that seem to just be able to figure out how to get the most out of all the different things. Yes, they have to get the most out of their people, but they have to recognize them for their uniqueness. Right. Most people will come in and say, this is my team. Now let's get it done without even getting to know the people and what they're talented about and what their skills are. So as a leader, you need to have that virtue of really being loyal to the team. And when I say loyal to the team is being connected to them, being engaged with them, being invested in their success. That means get to know them. So you, uh, in the book, reveal seven leadership archetypes, and I'm certain this probably has come from your working with with clients and being able to kind of notice certain tendencies. Um, so I'd love it if you'd kind of talk a little bit about that. We don't have to go into all seven necessarily, but talk a little bit about that and, and maybe how you go to work then on, say, a certain archetype. So what I would like to do is so people really understand what the book is about. I'll skim through just at a very high level the seven archetypes yeah. of greatness, but then what's the leadership gap within them? And then we can explore just one of them. Right. So the first one is the rebel who is confident. The rebel is someone who wants to make something significant in the world. But there's a leadership gap in the rebel who's confident because the leadership gap is the person that feels like an imposter who has self-doubt. And that can cause someone not to do what they want to do in the world, maybe start that business or create a new product. Then we have the explorer who's fueled by their intuition. They, If they want to do a new design or they want to create a new company, they allow their intuition to lead. But there's a leadership gap. A person that needs to control everything can become a leader that's an exploiter who manipulates. Then we have the truth teller. For the truth teller, everything is about candor. I, I'm sure that if you've met a truth teller, you know them. They're like, let me tell you the truth. They always want to tell you the truth. But then we, there are many times there is the leadership gap where a person withholds information or they don't tell everything. They come across as a deceiver who creates suspicion. And then we have the hero. The hero is that person that is fearful, but they're, they're courageous enough to start that business. They're the ones that say, I'll do it anyway. I'm fearful, but I'll do it anyway. But many times we bump into have the leadership gap where we become the bystander because we're fearful. We want to do something but we don't really start it. We see something, we don't really do anything about it. We hear something, we don't really say something about it. And the bystander can really cost us in our greatness and our success. And then we have the inventor. 
the inventors, how they do their business, how they lead. They do everything with integrity. And if you're not doing everything with integrity, the leadership gap is you're a destroyer who comes across as corrupt. And then we have the navigator. I love the navigator because the navigator is every single entrepreneur out there and leader out there that has started a business, that is leading companies. And they're very smart. They're very practical. They're very pragmatic. And because they're really good at what they do, people trust them. But then there's the leadership gap that you're so good at doing what you do, you can come across as the fixer who's arrogant. That means you're always telling people what to do without listening to instead of showing them how to do it. And the last one is the night. The night is all about loyalties, about protecting you and serving you. And then there's a leadership gap of the mercenary that everything that they do is about self-serving. It's always about me, 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 me. And we know great leadership is about we and not about me. So these are the seven leadership archetypes of greatness and then the leadership gaps that lead you to having a kind of business or leadership where you're not successful and you get stuck and you feel like, why am I not as successful as I want to be? Because the reason is you might be leading from the leadership gap. So talk a little bit about that because, um, you know, that almost – so as you identify the um, the archetype and then the leadership gap, the, what you're suggesting is that that rebels have that certain gap. And when you see rebels not succeeding, it's because they're leading from that gap. Yeah. So let's talk. Let's talk about that first one, because that's a really important one. So the rebel is someone, a leader, any person that wants to do something significant. But what is it that makes a rebel a rebel? Being confident is not standing in front of a mirror and saying affirmations or saying, I'm great, I'm wonderful. It comes from your competence plus your capabilities equal confidence. Mm -hmm. That means you know what you're really good at. You know what you're capable of. I tell most of my clients that confidence is believing you're able, but competence is knowing you're able. So when you know you're able, that's when you take action. But for every single rebel that I have ever met in my life through coaching, everybody that said, oh, I want to make a difference, 99.1% of those high successful individuals have said to me, Lolly, I feel like I have an imposter within me. Maybe I'm not as smart as I want to be. Maybe I don't have the education I need to have. I feel like a fraud. And when they feel like a fraud, it causes them to have self-doubt. And it ends up costing them and doing the things that they want to do. This polarity exists within each of us and every single person. So do you find that people tend to be strictly, you know, by the book archetype or do you or is it in the real world? Are people a blend? So in the real world and in life, we're the sum of all these parts. These right. archetypes are based on virtues. We have within us confidence and candor and courage, integrity, trust, and loyalty. This is what we have. The difference in this book is, is that it tells you that you could choose at any given moment which attribute, which archetype you need to be in order to succeed. Most of my clients now have a shortcut and they say, and, and let's say they go to a meeting and they say, which archetype do I need to be? 
and they go through the rethink model because the rethink stands for the an acronym for the seven archetypes and then they say well if i'm going to be the rebel if i'm if i have to be the rebel right now i must stay confident because otherwise i'll be leading from my gap of being the imposter it's almost like a little reminder of who they need to be in this given moment maybe sometimes they need to be the truth teller who speaks with candor and if they don't speak the truth they will be leading from their leadership gap who comes across as a deceiver and creates suspicion because they're not concentrating on telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So these archetypes is a sum of all of who we are. But as I listen to them, I mean, I and I think about people that I have seen in leadership roles, um, there does seem to be kind of a dominant place where maybe they fail. Absolutely. And that is the... You remember we talked about in the beginning how people are always concentrating on their strengths? We have weaknesses. And most of us don't spend time cultivating those weaknesses and leveraging those weaknesses. The leader that doesn't pay attention to their weakness are most likely leading from their gaps. Of course, um, most of us don't see our weaknesses. No, we don't. (laughs) But we do get get them in feedback. if we're leading and people aren't listening, there's a reason. If people aren't telling you that they've made mistakes, there is a reason. Most of us come to our leadership gap only after we failed or after we haven't gotten what we've wanted and we wonder, why haven't I been able to take myself to the next level? Why am I not as successful as I want to be? Those are the moments that we have to ask ourselves, which part of the leadership gap are we leading from? Hey, thanks for listening to the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. Um, Are you an independent marketing consultant or an agency owner? You might want to check out the Duct Tape Marketing Consultant Network. It is a growing group of independent marketing consultants and agencies that are partnering and collaborating and using the Duct Tape Marketing tools and really scaling their businesses. So check it out at ducttapemarketingconsultant.com. So I see a lot of entrepreneurs that have pretty big gaps and they're not necessarily like what we've been talking about. They just, you know, they don't, I, you know, great example is I love to uh, sell, but I hate the finance part of the business or something like that. And, and so the a common wisdom is, you know, that's a part of your business that you still have to lead. You have to understand, uh, do you go out and find somebody that, you know, who is a whole different personality that loves that part of the business. And then, you know, you fill that gap that way. Would that same idea apply to sort of archetypes inside an organization? You need some people that are, you know, heavy rebels and some heavy heroes and some heavy navigators. So, John, you and I are talking about two different things. One is skills and one is virtue. So, yes, I totally agree with what you're saying. If you don't have a certain skill and it's not in your sweet spot, I don't think a leader needs to know everything. You need to hire the right people to get the right people on the bus, right? That you need to do. But we're talking about attributes. We're talking about um, virtues. And that's very different. The virtue that you – because most people – and I don't know if you know this, John, but I read a book a day. Mm. And most of the leadership books and business books talk exactly about what you just talked about, the how to run the business. And I think they even talk about when and where to run the business. And Simon Sinek made why you do all the things that you do. But we're missing out on the most important part of our business is who we are being in that business. So, yes, you can – 
what you're talking about is important, but what I find is even more important is you have to get yourself right before you get your business right. All right, so this almost sounds intentional. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, when we start talking about virtues, I mean, how do you break years and years of training, years and years of bad advice, years and years of, you know, social um, mores, you know, I mean, how do you, how do you break through that when you're working with somebody? So interestingly enough, the people that hire me are not usually the leaders themselves. It's usually HR or the board of directors that say, Lala, you have six weeks or six months, get him into shape. Hmm. You know, we're losing money. We're not hitting our targets. It's always about money, right? It's yeah, always yeah, about yeah. metrics. Right. It's always about success. But what they're really saying is, get this leader right. The insides, they're not talking about the outsides. It's never about teach him to read a spreadsheet or teach him, you know, to be a better bookkeeper or whatever they need to be, right? It's never about that. It's about, the. it's exactly what I'm talking about. It's who he is or who she is, we have to get right. And that means is that they, do they understand what it means to lead with integrity? Do they know what it means to lead with loyalty? Because people will forgive you for what you do, but they'll never forgive you for who you are. So if you mess up, it's about who you are. They won't forgive you. But if you made a mistake on something, let's say on a spreadsheet or how you spoke to someone because you didn't know how to sell something, that's okay. But it's the attributes, it's the virtues that they really don't forgive you. You, um, I believe, um, in kicking around your uh, website at leadershipgapbook.com, um, you have an assessment, uh, leadership assessment? Um, I, it's not available anymore, but oh, okay. it, is, it, it was available um, up until May 16th. I was giving, if, you bo- if you pre-ordered the Leadership Gap book, mm. I was giving away a free assessment. Um, it was a 97 value. Mm. Now it's not available anymore because the book comes out this weekend. Right. Okay. So are there, is there anywhere that you would send people that uh, obviously to get the book, uh, the book can get be purchased uh, anywhere that uh, – People buy books, but is there, are there any other resources or uh, websites that you would like people to uh, invite people to? Absolutely. So this is the week of when my book launches. And so the assessment right now is not available. The assessment will be available in June and July and so forth. It has been available before, but I took it off the market only because I it's a $97 assessment and I was giving it away for free. So right now it's not available, but there will be many resources starting mid-June that you can get. You can get the assessment. You can get um, the infographs. You can get actually have a workbook. I have many, many things that support the leadership gap, what gets between you and your greatness. And so we are recording this show the, towards the end of May. So depending upon when you are listening to this, uh, the book uh, came out in May 2017. And it uh, looks like assessments and things will be uh, – some other tools will be available then in June of 2017. Sometimes people uh, catch these shows, believe it or not, a, a year after they've been published in some cases. So I always, liked, always like to orient people. No, no, I think that was very smart, uh, John. So thank you for that. I'm here to serve people. So right now, just for one week, it won't be available. for, But forever on, it will be available at lollydaskell.com. Awesome. Well, Lolly, it was great to to meet you. And uh, this is a a necessary and valuable and useful work. And uh, and it really 
you know, again, I, sometimes I, sometimes I hate it when a really great leadership book has the title leadership in it because, you know, so many people think, well, I don't lead anything, but I, I think that, that just, there's so much of this that's about self-awareness that I think uh, anyone can benefit from that. I, and thank you for saying that because I know the leadership gap puts it in a certain niche, but it's a life book. Yeah. It's a book that an 18-year-old can read and a 90-year-old can read and everybody in between. And if you're impacting or if you're making a difference, this book is for you. Well, thanks, Lolly, for stopping by, and uh, hopefully we will uh, meet you in real life out there on the road soon. Absolutely. Thank you, John. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I wonder if you could do me a favor. Could you leave an honest review on iTunes? Your ratings and reviews really help, and I promise I read each and every one. Thanks.